1: When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah, (laughs) did you hear about that? (laughs) I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In the sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be
0: filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy.
2: And when you change your energy, you change your life.
0: I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders, and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers, and seekers here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. I recently had the honor of talking to Venus Williams on the heels of the French Open. It was interesting to hear her perspective on competition and to learn more about where her drive comes from. I love the stories she told me about her childhood and the values that her parents instilled in her at such a young age. And I had a lot of business questions for Venus about her many ventures, which include an interior design firm, lifestyle and activewear brand, personal care products, and even a plant based protein company. I'm excited for you to hear what she had to say. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. You're so incredibly inspirational and amazing. And you need, I think, very little by way of introduction, especially in terms of your incredible tennis career. You're an iconoclast. You've broken all these boundaries. And you also are a a fashion icon on the court, which I love. And you started breaking the rules there. You're kind of a punk rock rule breaker, which I love about you from afar. And then now you've parlayed your incredible strength and your platform into doing all of these super cool businesses. And that's what's really fascinating to me because I guess I did a similar thing, right? I had one career and then I had a really hard time kind of giving myself permission to start this business when I started it, you know, 13 years ago and Did you feel like you had the permission and the latitude to just kind of pursue all of these different interests? Did you feel at at any point like, I don't know, trepidation about doing it? Or were you just like, you felt like I'm just going into all these things?
1: Yeah, I kind of had a different upbringing. My parents encouraged us to be more than just athletes because we started young. I started at four and now I'm 40 so I'm going on 30 years of this so they encouraged us to know what we were who we were off of the court and how did they do that might get your education have good grades and my dad really wanted us to be entrepreneurs and we would be ri- riding to the tennis or tournaments or wherever and he would put in like this tape and it was about foreclosures <laughs> I was like 10 years old he had high expectations and i don't know how to do a foreclosure to this day but just <laughs> kind of like this this thinking you know of how to think outside the box and think for yourself so yeah definitely my parents empowered us to like be be those kind of women
0: what what were the other tools that they implemented to get you to really connect with yourself or understand yourself
1: yeah just everything. I think about that now because Serena has a daughter and I think about how my parents made a lesson out of everything, you know, and yeah, my dad, my dad said growing up, always have an answer, even if it's the wrong answer. So we grew up always having to have an answer and it helps you to think on your feet. It helps you to, you know, be able to adjust no matter the situation.
0: Did he have any particular pearls of wisdom that, you always remember?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He was, oh my gosh, so many. One of my favorites is <laughs> a slow walker is a slow thinker. <laughs> so we weren't allowed to walk slow. We had to I walk agree forward. with him. Right? Right. I through. agree. Slow walker, slow talker, slow thinker. And so now to this day, it annoys me when someone walks slow. You know, you got to walk fast, you got to have a purpose, you know. And I think that makes sense though, because when you start with, you know, a physical presence, that will also go to your mind as well. So that one's interesting. He had a lot of them,
0: but that was one. I I like that one. I think slow driver too. Can I add that to the list? (laughs) I might you might hate me. I don't drive too fast. I grew up in New York City and I drive like a taxi driver
1: <laughs> i've never driven the city i never want to
0: <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it actually
1: okay so you've driven in the city before
0: oh yeah I, I i learned how to i cut my teeth driving in new york city so i my friends say i drive like a maniac i think i'm a great driver but
1: you think you can handle like the driving in paris like around like the arc de triomphe in rome where it's really crazy
0: definitely i've done it i've done it wow. i lived in london for Years like at 12 years or something like that. And I drove in London on the wrong side of the road. I had a Vespa. Whenever I go to Europe, I rent a car. I bomb around all over the place.
1: Oh my gosh. One time we were driving in Wimbledon. We had a, a car and we could drive ourselves to Wimbledon. Park. <laughs> and Selena, she hit the curb and we had a flat. And we had a <laughs> of match. And we didn't know what to do. We had a match. We're like, what do we do? we had to figure that situation out quick because we you can't just not show up to the match so that was that was interesting she's never driven again since that time on the wrong like in australia or london she won't she (laughs) killed it
0: for her oh my god that's so great how fun though to be able to be with your sister i was thinking i don't have a sister i have a brother who i uh, whom i adore but i was thinking about this like how fun for you to be able to go through life? I mean, I imagine, I don't know, maybe it's a real pain in the ass, but is it amazing to go through a career with a sister?
1: It is. And I can't imagine doing it without her because that's all I know. And then when I look at a different perspective that every other, most other athletes, they do do it alone, but I've never had to do this alone. And especially in an individual sport, you are alone. You walk out there and that's it. You know, you can't, have someone get in, you can't sit on the bench for a second. So it, it is amazing to be able to have walked, you know, the same road with her.
0: And I know people, uh, you know, they always ask you like, what's it like to beat your sister and what's it like to lose to your sister? But I just wonder if like, there's, because I imagine you love your sister and so much, and it almost sounds like the way you describe it almost as if you're twins, like going through something together, you know? And so is there like anything particularly more vulnerable, do you think about losing or winning to someone that you love? Like it's, it, does it feel more vulnerable when you win or lose to her than someone Mm -hmm. who's a stranger?
1: Yeah, actually, because no matter what happens on the court soon as my sister. So the match is just the match but for me, when I play other people, it's not just a match. <laughs> it's like, I lost? What? I can't, you know, you know, it just it becomes personal. Whereas with her, it actually doesn't become personal because that's my sister. So right. we go to court, we go just, and then off of the court and that's over. And oftentimes we like played each other in a final and then have to like get ready for a doubles final the same day. And like two hours later, we're walking on court to play like that final, you know, we've done that many times. So,
0: yeah. So this drive that you describe and have, which I also see manifest across your many businesses, like I'm always curious about people who have drive like that. I always try to help myself understand this, but where do you think drive like that comes from? Like that singularity of focus, with that level of like ambition and heat behind it is it do you think it comes from like sadness somewhere or it's just like your constitution or the way that your parents raised you to play with that mindset
1: i would say for me it comes from a place of giving because i feel like i have something to give so that drives me yeah if i feel like i have nothing to give then i'm not driven So on the court, off of the court, the things that I pursue is because I feel like I have something to give to it. And then in that sense, it also gives something to me. So I think tennis has given me so much more than I've
0: (laughs) given tennis, you know? I don't think that's true with all the like pay equality work you've done. And I think you've done a lot. Well,
1: I guess it's been, you know, symbiote, you know,
0: we've gone hand in hand together with that.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think the day when I don't have anything left to give, that's when I know I have to move on, but that's what drives me. Right. And you don't want to wake up with no regrets and waking up with no regrets for me. Doesn't mean that you never failed. It just means you gave everything, even on those times you failed. And that is something you can
0: be proud of. Or that like you've, it doesn't mean that you've never done anything that you would do differently or that, you know, like you could still feel bad about something that you've done, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you regret it for me. Anyway, those things that I look back on and I feel like I wish that had been different. I wouldn't change it still. You know, even though, even if I get like a pang of shame or guilt or whatever, because I feel like the recognition of those things be, then become a building block, you know, and you can shape who you are from those things
1: absolutely learning from it mm-hmm. some things you sometimes you just don't know until you learn it or have those experiences and it's part of growing up and i think in a way we're never done growing up I mean, if if you're done learning then where are you in
0: life yeah. so
1: i absolutely agree with that
2: let's take a quick break to
0: talk about one of our partners
2: When it comes to putting together your home, a great rug can make all the difference. A rug is really what pulls a room together and creates harmony. Nordic Knots offers a curated collection of rugs and timeless, high-quality essentials. They collaborate with leading designers and are the insider rug brand gracing some of the world's most beautiful homes. They have a wide-ranging collection, but we'll just talk about a few favorites today. The luxurious Grand Collection is known for its simple design, stunning colors, and high-quality wool. But if you're feeling a bit more bold, their designer collaborations are made with world-renowned designers and interior architects. Their Good Weave certified rugs are handmade and woven in all natural materials, like their super soft and beautiful New Zealand wool. At Nordic Knots, they make the process of rug shopping easy and enjoyable. And they always offer fast and free shipping from the U.S. To explore their rug collections, head to nordicknots.com. Use promo code innercircle to get free rug samples.
0: Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I wanted to ask you because when Naomi Osaka the other day, she said she withdrew, because she didn't want to talk to the press. I thought your response, which kind of went viral, was so great and so both protective of her and so strong in your own framework of how you, you deal with stuff. Like, I don't think that people fully understand the energy exchange that the press on that level, like how much they can take from a public figure. I know that there's of course the argument that well, without the media, you know, a, a public figure can't have then the impact that they have, which I totally understand. But when the press wants something out of you, like it's an energetic exchange, right? Like you can feel really depleted from it and there's can be a ton of negativity when you read or saw that she had done that. What was your feeling about that?
1: I Honestly, I was proud of her. Doing what she needed to do for herself and as a young person or as a person who is in demand or popular, it can people can want a lot of things from you and you can fail to take care of yourself. And I learned early on to only do the things that I wanted to do. And it, it doesn't mean that you don't always do the things you don't want to do. I have to plank every day. I hate planking. But you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like you can get pushed into situations that you didn't boundaries. You yeah. So you're creating these boundaries. That's the word. Thank you. (laughs) So I was really proud of her for standing up for herself and recognizing that, hey, I have to take care of me. Lots of people are asking things from me that I can't give. So she took that moment. I was proud of her for that. And yeah, press can really tear you down. I don't read anything about myself ever.
0: neither. Me neither.
1: Because you're just one person and then there's all these other people and you can't deal with all those opinions no matter how strong a person you are. I don't I don't think it's possible and I feel like I'm a pretty strong person. I can't deal with it. So <laughs> you just have to you just yeah I I I think they say that some people argue yes press is a part of it. But at the same time as a young kid you're out there training to win a tournament. You're not really training to go, you know, win press or be famous. I mean for me personally as an athlete I wanted to win. I wasn't going to go, you know,
0: have fanfare. So there, there's definitely two sides to it. And you have been in the media since you were so young. Like there's been so much focus on you. How did you learn over time to create those boundaries for yourself? Or how did you learn to not let that theater of public opinion seep in?
1: I think definitely mom and dad again. Mm-hmm. They encourage us, never read anything about yourself, so that way you can avoid the issues before it even gets there. <laughs> Just knowing who you are, you really have to know who you are, because if you don't, you're going to be out for a wild ride. So I think our parents helped us to know who we were. They encouraged us to be strong, confident, know yourself, know your history, all those different things help you to be firmly planted and also to have a belief system and have some v- values. If you don't have any values, then you, you might do anything and you might believe anything. So I think just having that strong set of values, that a strong spiritual background, all that stuff like kept my feet on the ground. And it gave us you know myself, Serene and my family an opportunity to just kind of be calm in the storm.
0: Right. I'm just wondering as a parent like how What are the things that you say to a kid so that they are not emulating you or taking on your value system or what you think is right and wrong, but like, how are, how can you encourage a child to really look inward and create their own value system?
1: I I don't know about that because my parents gave me my value system and I'm just like them. (laughs) I I love it.
0: So it worked for me. Their value system resonated with you.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, as a young person, you need, you need a strong start. You got to know, you got to have some, some sort of values. And then later on, if you decide to make your own, you know, freebie to it, but yeah, their value system really helped me and I stuck to it. So, yeah, I think every kid's got to make their choice at some point. And I think also you, you were asking, how do you know how to, weather that is kind of just encouraging your kids to, telling them they're great without, you know, making them, you know, big headed or anything like praise them, encourage them the things that they do well. And it starts to make them feel good about themselves too. And I got a lot of that. I still get that with my court, with my dad, he comes on the court, still picks up balls. And, you know, he says, you're doing great. You really did that well. And, You know, there's just been different moments in my life where I thought maybe I wasn't doing great. And there was always just this cheerleader behind me telling me when I wasn't, you know, obviously when I wasn't doing my best or needed some corrections, but also you're also doing well. And I think that's important for parents to do to find that balance.
0: For sure. And, you know, it's interesting for me as a parent to talk to you because your parents raised two such incredibly successful, amazing women. And I'd actually, I actually need to get your dad on my podcast so I can have a parenting interview with him.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Well, we could get my mom out here. She is, she is something because she, she said you have to have mental training too, as a kid and you have to train your mind. So how did they do that? I, I didn't, I just heard her say that last year. So why didn't, she never told me she was giving me mental training, (laughs) (laughs) But you (laughs) train your mind also to be ready to deal with what's happening in the world. Life is beautiful, but it can be challenging. Right. And if you don't have your mind ready to face those challenges, it might be a problem. So she also said that mental training is important for kids, too. And I guess it's you can do that in each lesson without
0: telling them because I sure didn't know she was mentally. I need to. I was was drinking Kool-Aid without knowing it. I need her to write this manual or I need to get her on this podcast. What do you think has kept you persevering the way that you have, you know, through all these years of tennis and injuries and successes and failures and, you know, like this incredible career. And you just, I mean, you said you're 40 and you're still uh, like doing all these big tournaments. I mean, it's pretty amazing
1: you know, it's an opportunity. That's how I see it. I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. I love the challenge that comes with it. I think in life, if you have the opportunity to find something you love and that challenges you, it's the most beautiful thing. So I always encourage people to do that because it's like, it's just like falling in love every day. You get to do something that just makes you so happy. And I I love that part. So I absolutely love that I was I feel like I was meant to play tennis. I'm a, I'm a big girl, you can't see this, but I'm 6'1". I have ridiculously long arms. I needed to play a sport. So I'm I'm fortunate I get to do this. And there's only, you know, at the French Open, there's a hundred people that get to play that. And there's so many millions that would love to be in that position. And when I see, sometimes I think, wow, I get, I get to do this, you know? And you're like, it's surreal at times. Uh, Of course, you deserve to be there because you put in the work, but at the same time, it's just so surreal. How lucky am I that everything worked out that I get to be here at this moment and kind of try to take that gratitude on the court with you.
0: I think a lot of people get when they've been doing something for a long time and there's a grind aspect, you know, if you're not coming from a place of gratitude of like the drag of whatever. And it's just so nice to hear that, especially because you also have. I was reading that you have an autoimmune condition and you've managed to still succeed at this level. Will you tell me a little bit about it?
1: Well, it's called Sjogren's
0: and it's an autoimmune
1: disease and it's, you know, some of the hallmark symptoms are dry eye and dry mouth, but also joint pain, fatigue, and all sorts of other things that can come with it. You know, all autoimmune diseases like there no one's the same everyone kind of has different symptoms so that's definitely a challenge because it's not something that goes away it's something I have to manage on a daily basis but I try to manage it my best through through my health uh, health and my diet and how I treat myself getting enough rest once I got diagnosed I really I had to slow down for me because I used to like to work until like two or three in the morning like I can't do that anymore I have to go to bed early So there were there were changes I had to make in my life, and to be honest, I feel like I'm still learning about it and how to how to perfect it and still like reach my optimum with you know a condition that like takes you down, like how to bring yourself
0: back up. Mm. How old were you when you received the diagnosis?
1: I was 31. When, when I had that diagnosed. but For me, and that's another thing with autoimmune disease, a lot of times people aren't diagnosed. I had to get to a point where I was so ill that I couldn't play anymore that I finally got a diagnosis.
0: So right.
1: you have to definitely be your, your own best advocate as a patient.
0: That's for sure. And I was wondering if Because I think there are just across autoimmune, there are certain things that you can do from a lifestyle perspective, which really help, right? And you just touched on those. So could you tell me a little bit about how you manage it, like specifically with your diet? Let's start there.
1: Yes. So specifically with the diet, I find that a gluten-free diet really helps, especially with joint pain. I find if I can get myself to stay off gluten, I'm honest about my life.
0: I am not perfect. I have ups, I have downs, and I have rounds. Especially if you're in Paris, like you got to have a croissant or baguette.
1: In the French toast here. you got to. So, yeah, getting rid of joint pain, really going gluten-free really helped. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simple things, getting enough sleep helped a lot. If you do not get enough sleep, if you wear yourself in the ground, you're going to get a flare up. You're going to not be able to be your best. I find iron works a lot. Sometimes when you have this constant inflammation, it works, you know, or autoimmune disease, you can have low iron levels, which also contributes to not feeling well. I have that so too. Yeah, your iron up helps a lot. Sugar free, I think, helps too. Unfortunate, which is a sad, sad thing, honestly. What about
0: alcohol? Alcohol's is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need your nutritionist number. What the fuck?
1: two thumbs up to alcohol <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I have my splurges I don't drink often but I love my champagnes and I love my wines wow. nowadays and so I when I have an opportunity you, you just you do have to live sub I think when you get really clean like it can it can make you feel bad if you stay off of it but I think mm-hmm. we all have to find that balance
0: yeah yeah me too and do you have any like specific supplementation or anything that you take besides iron? Yes, uh, definitely paying attention to
1: your gut health. Yes. So for me, some of my favorites are glutamine for that. Also, what's another glutathione? So other different things, adaptogens, you know, mushroom complexes. Also, magnesium can be really important as well as vitamin D. Yeah, I have some different things that I do.
0: And then and and what about are you eat do you eat dairy? Do you eat meat? Are you more plant-based? Because you have it. Don't you have a plant-based
1: protein uh,
0: protein, yes. right?
1: Happy Viking. Yes.
0: Happy Viking. Tell me about that.
1: Well, it's about you know, bringing out your inner warrior but for your well-being and for your own health. You know, a lot of times we don't always put our our health first. So it's about fueling that. And it's just the most amazing thing because it's not just for like your body, but it's also for your mind. So it kind of has the complete body mind macronutrients, and so it has DHA, omega, sunflower oil, and fiber, and then all the nine amino acids that are for pro- protein synthesis and nutrient nutrient absorption. That's a sentence. <laughs> so wow, that was, it's that your was repair fantastic. and recovery. So it's it's kind of it's for your mind and it's also for your body because you have to treat both, right? Mm. So I really really love the triple chocolate I'm traveling with, like.
0: Mm. What kind of protein is it? It's plant-based protein, like pea or yes, it's um, brown rice. Nice. I mean, I was looking like you have so many. You are such an entrepreneur. You have, first of all, I'm obsessed with your interior design that I did a deep dive into because I love interior design. So you have, yeah. I mean, you have a full interior design business going. You have your lifestyle platform, which is, uh, you know, apparel and that's 11, right? 11 by Venus, Happy Viking, yeah. which we touched on. And then a brand that I love, Asutra. That's so oh, fantastic. I love, I love it. I love their the bath thing and mm. it's great. I really, so, and then I don't know, you've got all this. It's, so how are you, how do you spend your time? Like, it? like if someone... It's like, wow, I want to design a house and I want Venus to do it. Like, are you available to go design a house?
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think you probably know this too. You have to have great teams, right? And you have to know where you sit in those teams and what your strong points are. So that's how I do all of those things. It's just knowing where I sit and knowing where my strong points are and having
0: people that I, I trust that can also do their part so where do you sit, for example, in the interior design company?
1: For interior design, I strangely, I love doing business development. <laughs> sounds boring, but I like that. I really love uh, doing the concept and working through the concept and then working, you know, on the follow through on the different phases. And I do a lot of the culture work for our, our team. That's super oh, important. Right. Culture is first for us. So making how sure. Do you, you how do you do that? Really by talking about it. You know, you can write things down on paper and you've got a culture, but if you aren't talking about it, if you aren't practicing it, then there goes. So really just by talking about it, making it part of our language and, and, you know, being the leader in that part. Mm -hmm. So those are definitely the areas that I, I don't like to do management. I've definitely stopped the management part as much now, especially this year. It's just, it's very time consuming. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that part I've, I've left to those who are better at it than I. Right. Or, or maybe have a little more time than I
0: do. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna to say. Yeah. And then, so 11, will you tell me a little bit about that platform? Because, you know, I love a lifestyle brand. I'm all about it. So,
1: yeah. so 11, why it's called 11 is that it's about bringing your pursuit of your best self. And so it, you should really go past the 10. You shouldn't just stop. You should continue past it to 11.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you you can get more out of yourself than you think, and there have been moments where I've gotten more out of myself that I just thought I don't know how that happened. I didn't think I ever could do it, but I did it. What? <laughs> so it's that's what it's about, and it's definitely a lifestyle brand because you are. There's so many ways to get the best out of yourself, and especially living a lifestyle that's mostly plant-based. And I'm just I love hair, skin. That's my hobby. I mix my own things at home my family and friends come to me with all their skin and hair problems and I solve them. So I have a a small thing on the side. It's just your friends and family, but uh, I wanted to represent a lifestyle of health in so many different ways. And that's not just what you wear, you know, you can put some clothes on, but what else, how are you correcting your thinking? You know, what are you putting in your body? All those different things contribute to health. So that's what, what health, what 11 stands for. And, we also partnered with Credo to create a sun serum too. And it's I you know, saw
0: that in
1: beauty. And we just came out with the lip balm. So that has my name on it because I'm in the sun. And I, for the first 35 years, I didn't think I needed sunscreen. So it's like I built in sunscreen. And it didn't dawn on me until one day I just looked over at Serena and she's got long sleeves, sunscreen on, long pants. And I'm like,
0: what am I doing? I'm ruining my-. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I've been nervous ever since that I'm gonna like start to see this horrible damage that I did to myself. So yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm pretty passionate about protecting your skin too because you lead with your skin. It's so it's so important.
0: It's true. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. Last year I had the opportunity to list my Montecito guest house on Airbnb. This was part of a special project that Airbnb spearheaded to build connection and to make the world feel a little less lonely. It was such a pleasure to get to know my Airbnb guests over dinner and share my home with them so that they could rest and recharge on their trip. But typically, the beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers, and now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. You just said that you the business development part is exciting to you. Do you can you say more about that? Like, what is it? Why is that the part that's like thrilling?
1: Because it feels like I'm on the court <laughs> because on the court at the end, right? You work, you work, you work, you get the win. But a lot of times that work starts before you can get to match. Well, not a lot of times it does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're doing business development, we want to work at VSTAR, for example, with a developer, uh, because our projects are usually like buildings or condominiums or things like that. And we do residential as well, but not, not as much. So having an opportunity to work and like, you know, make those deals happen, it it feels like a match. And I feel like I just kind of won, you know, and I like that adrenaline. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that I, I like that part.
0: Does a match feel like a negotiation on some level? A tennis match? Yeah no it's sheer will it's it's just an all-out like fight (laughs) that's
1: the best (laughs) way to put it it's a fist fight
0: (laughs) yeah I was just wondering if there's like anything that's more strategic like I've always wondered are you just like balls to the wall as hard as you can or are you like oh well if she does that then I'll do that like it's if there's any chess aspect to it of like strategy
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. In tennis, uh, you train to the point where you hopefully are thinking too much because it's going too fast, especially about your technique. You can't think about the technique Right. and the strategy. Yes. You're watching what they do. And tennis is a lot of percentages too. So the percentage, you already know the percentage of what shot they're going to play, depending on where they're standing in the court, or how high or how low the wow. ball is, there's only so many plays they can make. So because there's there, that's how we get to the ball, because it, or we don't have a head start because of the percentages. So you're trained to know the percentages. And then if somebody can create things outside of the percentages, that's where you start to get great players. Like for example, Serena, she can create shots out of nowhere. And so then that's someone you're like afraid
0: of because you, who knows what's gonna happen, you know? That's so cool. I was reading too about your serve and how you have one of the fastest serves ever of all time in women's tennis. I love serving. (laughs) I mean, like 130 miles an hour. That's insane. How does that even happen?
1: I don't know. I really don't know because I was just playing once and then I started serving big, literally in a match. (laughs) I didn't know where it came from. Wow. I was like, How did that happen? And it's just serving big. So I love serving. It's fun. It's, I I would say it's one of the hardest shots in sports in general to learn. It's very difficult. And even as professionals, our serves go off and it's a horrible day when that happens. It's like, you know, the pitcher and when, if the pitcher's not pitching, right, the whole game goes off, right? That's what the serve is.
0: And are there just days where it's just not happening and you don't know Why? What I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew.
1: It's like, and it's like yesterday, it felt great. Everything's working. And now suddenly I'm in the match and I can't feel anything. And I'm just, I can't get the ball
0: in. You know? so Is there, just oh. so if you're in a real groove, like with a serve, for example, and you're just, you know, point after point, just nailing it, do you notice that there's a common denominator when that happens of like a certain feeling? Like, what does it feel like to be in the groove that way? Is it beyond your comprehension?
1: Yeah. I think that's called the zone, right?
0: Yeah. And the zone
1: is a beautiful thing and I don't think it happens that often. And. Mm-hmm. When you start to be in the zone, it's it's just you can't you can do no wrong. So that's an athlete's dream is to zone. I like but you that
0: can't thing. control it, right? It sort of hits you and it leaves you.
1: Yeah. I mean I think there's only moments of zoning, in my opinion, in my sport. There can be mo also there can be you know, a set where you zone and it's great. But I think you can take that concept of zone in life too, being focused and prepared and in that zone, you know? Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. uh, Yeah. It's funny. I think it was, uh, I can't remember what artist said this, but they said that like, whatever that thing is, the zone, like the inspiration, the muse, that when it comes to you, you, you better already be drawing or painting. So it's like such an interesting thing for, for those of us who, not me, but you know, you have a specific skill and you're performing at like that you better already be playing tennis when the muse comes you know to put you in the zone
1: well I mean I think you I'm sure you know about the zone because for example I refuse to do anything on camera because I'm the world's worst actress and how uh, do you know this I know I know and you you, I don't want to embarrass myself and it's just, I'm, I am not a camera. I'm an athlete. So that's what I'll stick with. But I'm sure, you know, there've been moments where you felt like, wow, I've really personified this role and I'm really flowing with it. And other days where you probably can't remember your lines and oh it's yeah. just like, you know what I mean? So I'm sure you've had that zone
0: too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. For sure. It's very frustrating when you don't have it, I think if you're an artist or an athlete, like if you're a channel for that kind of thing and it, it doesn't come, it's, it feels yeah. pretty demoralizing.
1: I agree. And then I, I try to trick myself, you know, this is an emotion. Like, I don't think I'm playing well. That's just an emotion. Just let it go. Like just mm-hmm. play, you know? So I try to like, those moments try to mentally work around that feeling. Cause then once you're out of the zone, then it starts to all become mental, you know? Is that
0: dangerous when it starts to become mental? Does that affect performance?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's all mental because especially in sport or whichever, everybody's good. And what's great about the great players is their mind, you know, who can be stronger mentally for the longest amount of time.
0: Mm. God,
1: Everyone's good in practice. Let me tell you, I've seen a lot of great people in practice match. Fall apart you know the pressure right or what we perceive as pressure (laughs) just
0: a game right (laughs) yes (laughs) with the whole world watching you let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners carbon x is an environmental company that aims to empower people to make a positive impact on the planet They have created a simple platform to help you make up for your carbon emissions by supporting climate-friendly projects. You can earn shareable badges based on how long you've been offsetting. And your subscription will go towards supporting new initiatives and carbon offsetting projects that have been independently verified to have removed CO2 from the atmosphere. You can choose a project that is meaningful to you, such as planting trees in deforested regions of the Amazon, and investing in energy-efficient and renewable resources around the world. For the Goop podcast team, CarbonX wanted to cover our team's carbon footprint. They donated a subscription for us to support an energy-efficient cook stoves program in Uganda. To learn more about CarbonX, head to their website at carbonx.com. That's carbon-x.com, or download the CarbonX app. Okay. Let's get back to the conversation. Who is your support system? Like besides your parents and Serena, who, who get you through life? Who do you lean on the most?
1: Yeah, definitely all my sisters. I have older sisters too, and they are just the best, you know, those moments where you're just on the ground, worst loss ever. You can't believe it happened. That's the first text you get, you know, right after you're great. You're going to be, you know, you'll get the next one. You, you know, and you're like, I do feel better. And like, you know, the air comes back into you. So they're definitely my biggest support. And growing up with four sisters, it's, there's always someone. So, you you know, you call, it's always someone you can call. There's always someone there for you. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't, my parents told us that your sisters are your best friends So they're like, you don't need best friends. Your sisters are your best friends. And that was the rule. So that's what we did. And I like that because now, you know, we were even closer and, but at the same time, you know, you do have to go out there in the world and meet other people. And I've I've done that too, but, (laughs) you
0: know. Do you have, are you you married? Do you have a life partner or anything? No, single mingle. Single, do you want to? I don't know. It's a lot of work.
1: (laughs) I don't know. And then people are like, it just gets harder. So you have to really make sure you have commonalities. I'm like, it gets harder as you go along. I mean, why why would I ever do that if it's just getting harder? So especially now, like I said, I'm 40 and my life is great. And I would not change my life for just anything, you know?
0: Right.
1: So, So I don't know what the future is for me, but I've always just been a person who's happy
0: where I am. That's so inspiring. It really is, because that's, I think that's very hard for a lot of us, you know, to be content with with where we are in time and space.
1: Yeah, it, it sometimes is, as we, and I, I think about that sometimes you're like looking forward to the, even when you're looking forward to the future, what about enjoying your now, you know, I'm looking forward to this, XY, this, and then it's like, okay, let's be in this moment, and I think I think with COVID I I was able to like start to appreciate that but now that it's starting to pass you you go back into your old habits, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I I I had this the other day where I was like, gosh, I I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for small talk and traffic and like I was like this is I wonder what we'll think as we look back on the, that year. Okay, I have one One last question for you, which is, so it's so amazing to see, you know, you so in the present and fully embodying yourself and doing all of these incredible ventures. So is there, is there something that you haven't done yet that you still want to do? Something I still want to do. Do you want to learn a language? Do you want to start a totally different kind of business? Do you want to retire?
1: (laughs) I do want to retire at some point and get a life. Um, (laughs) You know, my tour is 10 months out of the year. So you're always on. There's no, there's no stopping as a tennis player. So I, I think though, I just, I like teaching. I like teaching beginners and I would just like to help people. And that would make me happy, so I would love to just help young people who want to learn and maybe who don't have that many advantages and help them be mm-hmm. their best and find their way. And that's what I'd like to do. But also, Serena said the
0: other day she'd like to go to every Michelin restaurant in the world. Mm-hmm. And can you guys bring me on that mission when you do that?
1: But she, yes, we will. She panicked. She's like, I don't want to get fat. I don't want to. Even- I, was like, I don't have to do it all in one year. And she goes, Oh. <laughs> I was like, relax. so i
0: think that could be really fun to just go eat <laughs> i'm coming i'm coming seriously bring me that's that sounds like a dream
1: We can work out in the morning so that way we can eat all you know work off what we're going to eat that night
0: exactly and then you could in between you know when you're traveling to the next one we could do just like a greens juice day
1: yes
0: and so then go to the next one and indulge i agree
1: That be okay, good I- All right, we'll
0: do it. It's a plan. Thank you so much for talking to us today. You're just an an amazing woman, so inspirational, and I just wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to my chat with Venus Williams. What an incredible athlete, creative, and leader. I hope you enjoyed her insights as much as I did. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.